0: Part four, grades. Right now, we're doing online school, and depending on where you are in the country, you might be giving or receiving actual number and letter grades. You might be getting a pass-fail, or you might be getting a pass-not-pass. You might be getting nothing at all. Grades are one of the worst things that we do in school today, and I sincerely wish that we would stop, okay? Right now, with the sudden shift to online school and many schools are going to a pass-fail or a pass-no-pass, credit-no-credit kind of situation is not ideal just because students aren't prepared for it, students don't know what to expect, and a lot of students understand that what they're doing now maybe doesn't impact their final grades or their college admissions the way it normally would, and they're sort of giving up. They say, well, hey, it doesn't affect my GPA, why would I bother? And that is the best indication of why grades are stupid. Oh, I don't get a grade, then I don't want to do it. If the only reason you are doing things in school is because you get a grade, then you probably shouldn't have been doing that in the first place. Learning is not about grades. Learning is about improving yourself as a person. Grades make motivations extrinsic, not intrinsic. I should learn because I want to learn, because I want to know, because I'm curious, because it makes my life better, or because I don't know if it'll make my life better, but I think maybe I should know more stuff grading is a total distraction from the education process it also creates a lot of grade grubbing behavior where you see people asking questions or doing certain things just to sneak a couple extra points you wouldn't believe the the kinds of questions i get from students who are trying to pretend like they're not grade grubbing i know all they want me to do is boost their their last assignment by two points and i understand their concern you know i, I don't blame them for it they're playing the game and that's a, that's a term that a lot of students use these days I'm playing the game. And the kids who get good grades, they know they're playing the game. The smartest kids who actually get good grades too, they understand how to play the game and they understand that sometimes you can just not learn anything at all, still get the points you need, still get the numbers and move on. And sometimes they start to pick and choose. Right now, since we're doing a credit, you know, pass no pass situation in my school division, some of the smartest kids I have in my AP classes are doing nothing. And to be honest, they're the ones who probably can afford to do nothing because they've already learned what, how to do the things that are going to be on the AP exam. But they also know that there's no grade and that certain other classes either take priority or that they don't care about any of it because they're the smartest kids in the room and they already know most of this stuff. So they're teaching themselves other things. Some of the smartest kids I've had this year actually have sent me emails asking for additional reading, not as an assignment, not for points, not for extra credit. They just say, Hey, I'm, I'm home. I've got all this time. I want to learn about blank. I've given recommendations on finance books, on biology books, on anthropology books, on some classic literature. I've got kids reading all kinds of stuff, and half of the kids who have asked for those recommendations haven't turned in a single assignment. You know why? It's not graded. You know what? That's probably a a problem. Not that they're not doing the work. The problem is that we've created a system where the grades are more important than the learning itself. If we have students who want to read something or want to learn something, and we're not providing that opportunity for them... And instead, we're forcing them to attend a school, forcing them to take certain classes, and then in the classes, forcing them to do certain tasks, read certain books, learn certain things, all so that they can get a number that goes on a piece of paper, that gets totaled up at the end, that says whether or not you get into a college you want. And think about it. A lot of these kids are going to go to college and they're going to do the same thing. They're not going to take full advantage of the university setting and all the things they could be learning. They're going to get to the university setting. And what are they going to do? They're going to continue to grub for their grades. So what do we do? How do we make learning about self-improvement, not about playing the game or getting a certain score? My suggestion is that we go to pass-fail grading all the time. I actually would suggest what I call APN. You have an advanced grade, a passing grade, and a not passing or a needs improvement. That's your N. If a student would get what we now think of as an F, maybe even a low D, let's call that an N. It needs improvement, it's not acceptable. Okay, you need to you need to keep working on this. P passing. You're doing okay. You know, this is this is serviceable. You're sort of doing it well enough, and let's be honest, most of us don't remember or use most of the things we learned in school anyway. Passing, maybe that's your high D through, you know, B. It's maybe your C minus through high B. And then your A would just be your advanced learners, and that would be maybe students who are actually getting what we would call an A in class. Now, I don't mean a a grade-inflated A. I don't mean in a school where the most common grade given is an A-minus or a B plus. I'm saying that literally only the top 5% of students in a class, maybe the top 10 at most, should be students who are getting an A that's advanced. You have to be doing it better than anyone else around you. You have to be doing it at or near the college level. Again, speaking from a high school perspective. Some people say, what, how, how would you do that? How, we, how do we differentiate or distinguish between who deserves and who doesn't deserve? Who does?" That's not the job of school, dummy. Some people say, well, but school's a meritocracy and you, know, and you need to earn it. There's no, there's no such thing as a real meritocracy. It just doesn't exist. Any argument that you can make right now with the great stay-at-home and school closures and online education, any argument you can make against giving grades right now, you can use during regular school. Some kids don't have access to this stuff. Well, some kids don't have access normally. Well, some kids have a bad home situation. It's hard to get this work done. Well, those same kids have a bad home situation otherwise. Well, some of these kids are under a lot of stress and there's a lot of pressure. Yeah, same thing normally oh, well, this kid doesn't read that well, and so having them do it at home and have to read it on their own isn't fair. Same thing normally. There's not a single grading argument you can make right now because students are at home or working online that doesn't also work during the regular school year. If you think grades are bad or questionable now, you should think that grades are bad or questionable all the time. Our modern grading system, the A through F scale, is only somewhere between 120 and 140 years old. The, the A through F scale is first used somewhere in the second half of the 1800s, probably at American universities, though there's a few places in Europe that, that use something similar as well. And some of the first writings you find about it, we, can't, we honestly can't even tell if they're satire or they're serious. Isaac Newton, one of the smartest people in the history of the world, didn't even have a GPA. He graduates from, from college you know, in his early teens and then spends the rest of his life there. Right? He never leaves. He goes to college and just stays there. He didn't get any grades. Everything was pass or fail. They pick valedictorians and salutatorians by a vote of the faculty. Who is the best student graduating this year? That's it. And how do you determine who passes and who fails? You trust the professor. These are professionals. You hire people who are professionals, who you trust, who you respect. And if they say this person knows it well enough to move on, then they know it well enough to move on. And if that person says no, they don't, then they don't. I'm not opposed to having a review board or a panel or something. That's fine. All I'm saying is there is literally no difference between a kid who gets an 89 in a class and a kid who gets a 90. There is no difference between the kid who gets an 88 and the kid who gets a 91. I mean, the difference is a couple points on a quiz, or the one kid was sleepy when they had to write their essay. The one kid forgot that they had a quiz one day and the other kid had it. There is no difference between the 88 and the 91. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to call one an A-, minus. we're going to call one a plus. B-, we're going to calculate a GPA, now the one kid has a slightly better chance of getting into the college of his choice, blah, 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 blah. Grades are stupid because they don't help anything. Yes, they do help with motivation, but they don't help with the right kind of motivation. They don't help people learn because they want to learn. They help people learn. Ha ha ha. They help people do the work because they see that there's a way to get something back immediately. Grading is about short-term sort of feedback, short-term benefits. Can any of you who are listening, can any of you remember the grade you got in your eighth grade English class? If you're a kid who got an A in every class or you got a D in every class, you remember, but it's just because you're guessing. How many people remember the grades they got in all their classes? No one. Probably most of us can't even tell you our high school GPA. So what does it matter? But if you talk to kids in high school today, it matters a ton. In fact, most kids, and I've done this poll over and over and over again. I've done it in AP classes. I've done it in team-taught inclusion model on-level classes. I've done it from grades 9 through 11. Hand up if you want to get an A and learn nothing, or hand up if you would be willing to have a tough class where you might take a lower grade, but you learn a lot. And the majority always, always says, give me the A and teach me nothing. Now, what's the incentive for the student? Well, I can make them work hard and hopefully they get some stuff, you know, content, personal skills, soft skills, whatever. Hopefully that comes with it, right? Right. Or I could just give them a good grade and never have to read any of their stuff. We're creating systems, especially now as we're focusing on mastery, you know, grading for mastery, where students get to redo the assignments. We're creating a system where the incentive for the teacher and for the student is just to get a good grade and move on. You know, as an English teacher, I do not have time to read everything I'm supposed to read. It's why I do grading at one and two in the morning half the time. I don't have time at work. I don't have time in the evening with my family. So I'm grading at all hours of the night. All days of the week, it just that's when it gets done. You know what I could do? I could just stop reading it and give everyone a B plus or higher. And you know what? The kids would love it. Parents would love it. And it would look on paper like a lot of learning was getting done. And I would be able to collect a paycheck and do so much less work than I do now. And that's the incentive, because if I give them a C- on a paper that deserves a C-, you know what's going to happen? They're going to do some review. I'm going to have to meet with a kid one-on-one. They're going to write another paper, and I've got to read another paper. Now, yes... As a matter of professional integrity, my goal is to help that kid learn, and so that's what I want to do. But let's be honest, if we're in a situation where teachers feel undervalued or underpaid, and you have parents and and students beating down your door, and all they want to talk about is not how much the kid's learning, but how do we get that grade up, what's the easy thing to do? Skip all those middle steps and just go ahead and give the kid an A- in the first place. That's a terrible situation. But if we had pass-fail grading, That wouldn't matter. No one would ever come and argue with you about the score on the paper. The concern would be, how do I do this better? Or the kid would say, I don't care about this class. I got passing. That's good enough. Well, good. Then internally, you have decided this is not that important to you. You prioritize something else. And so do that. That's fine, too. Not every class has to be equally important to everyone. And the fact that we pretend like we need to have A's and A-pluses in every class and every subject area, that's just not normal. That's not healthy. We have unprecedented rates of anxiety, of depression, of self-harm. Students are freaking out. And a lot of this has to do with the way they perceive their actions. They think that what they do now is going to matter for the rest of their lives. They think that if they get a B on this paper instead of an A, it's going to ruin their chance to get into this school, to do this, to do that. They don't understand how to put these things into perspective because their parents, because their counselors, because some of their teachers aren't helping them. We're saying that you have to get the A on everything. And so what do we do? We either create the pressure on the student that creates these problems for them in terms of their happiness and their their personal health, mental health, or we put the pressure on the teacher and the teacher ends up either compromising their integrity and just throwing away the grade, or they do two, three, four times as much work as they probably needed to do to get this B student to the A. And in the end, did the kid learn that much more? Aside from maybe perseverance or how to ask the same question 20 times until somebody gives up, I don't know. I don't really know if we're learning a lot more. Beth Kankoski and I talked about this in a previous episode of the Classcast podcast. It's unhealthy the way we're putting pressure on students, and a big part of that is grading. If you're a teacher, I want you to think right now about how you're grading your students during online education for the end of the 2019 2020 school year. If you're a parent, I want you to think about whether your student's being graded or not and how that's affected their motivation, their behavior, their attitude towards school. If you're a student, I want you to think about how much your behavior and your work completion, your work ethic, has changed since your grading scale has been adjusted since you move from a through f to pass fail, et cetera if you've seen big changes and people say, well, that's because we're in a crisis it's because we're in a panic it's because everyone's feeling so blah 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 maybe But I think the reality is, if you're seeing big changes in the way students are approaching their work, it has more to do with the change in the grading scale than anything else. Grades are the worst thing we do in school. It's worse than making it compulsory. It's worse than all the other social problems. The worst thing we do in school is grading. And so if I could make one big change coming out of this giant school closure and shift to online learning, it would be that everything goes to an advanced, pass not passing needs improvement grading scale, or just the generic pass-fail. It's worked for hundreds of years, and it would work now. We need to change the grading if we want to change the learning.